Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playing and slaying. past midnight and Gary had hardly slept for days. He had just come home from Lake Geneva's horticultural hall, where he had spent the last several hours setting up for the inaugural Lake Geneva War Games Convention, Gen Con for short. However, the way Gary felt at this moment, it would be both the first and last convention where he was in charge. It was Friday, August 23rd, 1968. So fitting we start tonight's episode, our Gen Con prepisode, with a uh, little excerpt from Michael Whitworth's uh, Empire of Imagination, Gary Gygax and the Birth of Dungeons and Dragons, as we will prep for the 50th annual Gen Con uh, game convention, or as we often refer to it, the greatest four games, or the greatest four (laughs) days of the year. (laughs) So... um, Tonight's show, we're going to dive into a lot of Gen Con uh, prep and, and previews. We're going to talk about our usual playing, buying, and uh, hobbying. And then we will be talking about a strange package a few of us received in the mail, uh, preparing for some kind of evacuation for our Play It or Slay It um, review. So, yep. without dangerous. further ado... Let's uh, let's dive in the Gen Con fifty the prep episode. So when you're playing and slaying, guys, it's important to stay hydrated. So how about we start tonight's show with uh, a little bit of what we've been drinking as we get ready and start preparing our livers for Gen Con. So I have the house cocktail, nothing out of the ordinary. A little acai blueberry, white white monster, delicious, classic, yeah, classic, just standard that drink's been in existence for probably <laughs> as long as we we've been doing uh, as long as there's been white monster group. maybe right? yeah yeah <laughs> uh i'm having the exact same thing not a lot of uh variation on this side of the table tonight but um it is it does bring up a very important question how many bottles of van gogh uh vodka do we need to bring to gen con probably two mm-hmm. three three Three? Are we sharing? Yeah. That would be the. I guess oh, the first question is: Are we well, sharing? Does for me? <laughs> <laughs> so each need to bring yeah. our own. Is that what we need to do? So, but well, go ahead, Josh. What? what oh, you I, there? I have Templeton Rye six oh. year, which is just a little bit cool. better than the three year. Cool. But so since we are we are beerless, but I know you guys went to a little event over the weekend, and maybe you could just you had to be one or two beers out of the. Uh, the thing maybe you could tell people where you guys were yeah, yeah so we went to milwaukee brew fest uh ty and i tend to go every year uh i think we've missed maybe one or two but uh this is the eighth year of milwaukee brew fest so yeah we've gone a bunch and 
Yeah, that's actually why I'm not having a beer because I've had <laughs> quite a few <laughs> recently. So, yeah, it uh, it was it was great great weather. It was mid seventies, lakefront, sunny day. Um, and I th- I think the final tally was around forty samples of, of something beer. like that. Yeah, um, I don't remember them all, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did have uh, Good City makes their motto IPA. Um, which is really good. And then another local one, I can't remember the name of the beer, but we stopped at uh, Brenner Brewing, and they had a couple oh, yeah. of really good ones that they had brought along. Yeah, they, uh, I, for, for whatever reason, a, a couple of the meads stand out be, mm. because you're, you're drinking beer, beer, drinking beer, drinking, drinking, drinking beer, and then we hit up a mead, and it was like, oh, that's a refreshing uh, change yeah. of pace, you um, know? Shorts Brewing out of Michigan had that gin and tonic, oh yeah, um, yeah. style beer. It, it it was so refreshing. Right. It was it was a shandy kind of, but gin and tonic um, was what they went for yeah. with it, and it, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I, um, I don't remember who did this one, but there was a grapefruit shandy that mm. that also stood out. You know, some of the the off flavors, yeah, different you know. as we're having some, yeah, cool. Anyway. Yeah, someday maybe. I don't know. I don't know if my my liver can handle that anymore. But we uh, we didn't really. Yeah, we didn't really pace ourselves. Well, I could tell by the by as the count. You guys were texting out, and just the the beer count, the sample count, is went up and up over the the afternoon. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, but besides uh, drinking beers, uh, we've been playing some games lately. Um. Uh, in, in fact, Troy, I think... Can we even talk about this, Troy? Oh, yeah. That's a good um, call. So this is... We played Time Stories again. So our normal crew, Neil from work. Neil from work. His girlfriend, Anna. Hi, Anna. Um, Mike. We got together at uh, 42 Ale House down in uh, St. Francis. And we did a playthrough. This is one of the first times we've done one setting. So we just... Since we had the whole evening, we sat down and played Time Stories from beginning and uh for i don't know probably three hours three i think we had three playthroughs um and this is the um the name endurance i guess i have to leave the title that's all i'll talk about endurance endurance and like that, the name of a ship no, in the early 1900s no, no endurance like um oh, like what you need power to, staying power yeah if okay. you need to run a long way you need endurance so it could be about a marathon gotcha. or something else that you just okay said. um okay I went to a leadership conference where we talked. We watched a video on the endurance. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, all I can say, it was it was fun. It has a neat twist in it early, um, but it probably ranks maybe in the third or fourth of, my, of our favorites. And, and again, some of it maybe just in how we played through. Um, in that we did we did okay. Um, we got through, like I said, in three plays. We didn't go down some of the rabbit holes, which might have actually been funner as we looked at it as we looked um so i'd compare it to um what's the dragon one uh prophecy prophecy of dragons, dragons which is a really cool uh, one but just in prophecy it's this the name prophecy just dragons. the title it doesn't That's, mean there's dragons in it no it does no, not at all no. it actually says dra- drassens on the drassens yeah, yeah if you look at the there's font, not dragons in game of thrones either yeah fair enough yeah um, so yeah. it, 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 it's it was good. I just I wouldn't call it one of the strongest ones out of it. But again, it was a lot of fun because there's initial twist that's really cool. And as we looked at, it, we're like, you know, they could even have done something even more with it. So um, and 
again, I don't want to put any spoilers, but what you're seeing too, and what I want, hopefully there's a payoff in the, the larger arc. There, there's a story going on. We're still not sure what it is, but there's a story going on across the games, which is why I would always recommend playing them in order. Um, and it seems like there's, there's a little bit going on there. Um, but it's also time we've played, I don't know how many, four now. And hopefully we're going to get a little bit of a payoff in this overarch, arching story too, because it would be interesting to see that move along a little bit. Because there's been strange stuff that as you go through, you find strange stuff in each of these games that you, that don't, you know, are outside your initial scenario, which I think is cool too, right? You have these two different um, kind of plots playing out, right? So, so that's, so again, to, it was still really fun. Um, just not as again wasn't in our top one or two um, okay. out of there, but still a blast, right? I mean, I wouldn't time stories in general is still a blast, and we sit down and play. Awesome. Um, and then our our group in general has been doing a bit of Age of Sigmar skirmish rules, uh, smaller model count, gather a warband. Eric um, claps that'll organize the campaign for the the summer months slash early fall. Um, and I know you guys got together and, and played some games before I got together and played some games. Yeah, definitely uh, got some use out of the Duchess recently. A <laughs> um, little foreshadowing here, but um, yeah, they played some skirmish on the Duchess, which was fun. Um, and played, uh, yeah, small model counts. I think everybody had between three and, I don't know, Ty, you had a bunch of little rats. So how many did you have? Ten? Yeah, ten models. Yeah. Oh, so, that might be the biggest one. What's that? It might be the biggest army we have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of those little rats coming at you. So um, definitely really fun game. Um, plays really quick. You know, I think we've talked, yeah. we've kind of beat Skirmish to death. But um, yeah, I think our whole group has, has gotten in um, their games for the month. So um, I think well, now we have a new month. Yep, so we can do it again. So already, so Eric and I got together at battle brothers um and played kind of the next level so we were up kind of at twice the level of renown um we normally the first games were about 25 which like people said were like three to ten as <laughs> ten models um and i'd and, like to point out my 10 models were under the 25 right. for now like right on the dot i didn't go over like several people <laughs> right uh, yeah did to make their their first list <laughs> dirty Stormcast. um <laughs> so and so at 55, I played 55. I think Eric had around 60. Um, so we had like seven and eight models on a side because uh, I just added some bigger dudes. And um, it was at that level, it's going to be interesting to see how it scales because it was a lot more, it felt a lot more tactical, the game that, that Eric and I played. Cause in, and we just played one of the scenarios out of the um, General's Handbook um, and just tweaked it a little bit to make sure it worked with at the smaller model count. Um, so it, it was that was a blast. Um, again, Battle Brothers Two is a nice place to to play for at least Eric and I. It's right on our way home from work, and uh, really good vibe going out there. So, well, I know I haven't played. Well, I played Josh one game at least, mm-hmm. yep. but I haven't played Ty yet. So maybe that'll be a uh, one of these games. It'll be a, a guaranteed win for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose every game I play. I'm zero two. <laughs> I was zero two too until I brought, I-, I brought a subpar list. And I plan on continuing it being subpar <laughs> for the whole campaign. You'll be all right. I'm, pl- I'm playing Sylvanith. It's these these dirty Stormcast guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I mean, I got a game in against Josh and his Stormcast, and Marlon and his Stormcast. I'm wondering if anyone else is playing Stormcast, so I can mm. keep playing against Stormcast. <laughs> um, 
but I, I went off script a little bit and I didn't bring any of my destruction stuff. I didn't bring demons. I didn't bring Stormcaster elves. I went with my uh, Skaven. I brought a mm-hmm. Plague Priest and nine Plague Monks, which I'm going to be adding uh, something a little bit meaner yeah. to uh, to the next. Beef it up. The next game. Yeah, yeah. it's going to beef it up significantly. Yeah, right. and it, that's where I was too. Like I, my initial list of being able to add the Kerneth hunters that's who had added in the second round and that it makes it a yeah it, it makes it a little i don't know i want to say fair right but it gives me a little more punch yeah um, so a lot of skirmish going on um pretty cool that eric has yeah. uh organized that and i hope hope everyone stays with it and we keep getting some games in um i know after your game night you guys played something else yeah we played clank which uh is a game that i had heard about uh, and was really excited to play, and it's been in my Amazon cart for a while. And I kept, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then Troy picked it up finally. So, yeah, Troy brought it, and I think we played with Marlin. Is that? Yep, Marlin yeah, was yeah. here. Yep. Um, I, I thought it was really fun. Um, it, it, I think it won a Mensa Award for Game of the Year um last year what do they know a bunch of dummies i know right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it truly had a lot going on and so, there's so how does it work what are you trying to do so you're essentially thieves that are trying to steal treasure uh from the dragon's lair um there's all these different rooms and you're you know going beneath and uh, it's kind of like above and below. You're going below. Does <laughs> so it push your luck? It's, like it's, uh, uh, it's, well, a, it's a deck bit. builder. I think that's the thing. It's okay. actually a deck builder, which will throw people off. and be like, oh, a deck builder. But, yeah, you lost me. Right. But See it's not. But it's so much. Um, but really, the deck building is just the mechanic that helps you move through the dungeon and the board to go deeper. It's I would actually call it a mix between a deck builder and the old, um, I think it's a dragon quest. Dungeon Quest. Oh, yeah, Dungeon, yeah. Quest. dungeon Quest. Yeah, where you, get yeah, down where you, where you put the, the tiles asleep. out and the yeah. dragon asleep. There's a lot of mechanics. My guess is, I don't know, it feels like it was inspired a little bit by that because there's some mechanics there with the dragon deep below um, and the going into the dungeon and then kind of a time limit. Basically, what happens is when the first person leaves the dungeon, so there's a little bit of press your luck in terms of how deep you're going to go before you get out of the dungeon. Okay. And then when that first person goes out of the dungeon, or I believe if somebody dies um, in deep in the dungeon if you die deep in the dungeon i think if you then you don't get to restart i think if you're at the top you may get to kind of continue like the villagers pull you out they heal you and you can go back in but if you die deep in the dungeon you're done you still have your points or whatever you've collected but now you've started the clock and it's like it's three or four turns for everybody else to get get what, you can what and they get out. can and get out and then there's a bonus there's like a bonus if you can get out of the dungeon clean because it's still not like it's not anything everything or nothing um, if you die in the dungeon, you get what you have, but you just don't get the bonus points for getting out. And that can make a difference. I mean, right. that's where we ended up. I think the winner, who did you win? Yeah. And it was just because you were able to get out in that last turn. Right. right? That yeah. last turn, I had enough to get out. Yeah. The the other piece, uh, the other mechanic that uh, we forgot to mention is, so the whole reason it's called clank is because you're going mm. down there and you're clanking your armor around, right? Oh. Um, so there's a bag with um, little cubes in it. And so each person is assigned a color and when you make clank when you make noise you take one of those little cubes and you put it in the bag and when the dragon starts to wake up um for each level that he wakes up yeah you draw you know x amount of cubes you know whether it's three four five and 
if it's your cube, then you get that many you wounds. Take the damage. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so okay. yeah. So that's why it's okay. like I, calling it a deck builder is really selling it short because deck building is just kind of this mechanic, and then you got it's just bang, part of yeah, yeah this, the damage mechanic. So it's really kind of a cool mix. Plus the press your luck, and um, so it does a nice job with. There's not really player elimination because uh, even if you're out and you're, you set the clock, you're still taking your turn because you're basically doing extra damage on your turn again to force people to get out of the dungeon and get out so right um, yeah i i had heard good things about it and uh this kind of took a leap on getting it and uh, i think it, it it held up it's really a it's a good game i think it's gonna come to gen con with me for sure yeah it's definitely cool fun. cool and then uh similar to that after our skirmish night we sat down and started <laughs> This is not a test. This message is from the emergency broadcast system. Please listen closely. At the end of this show, there will be a message from Raxon Pharmaceuticals. Remember, citizens, Raxon is your friend. Josh, I, I desperately want to hear about this, uh, this next item on the list. Age of Sigmar, and I see Chaos versus Beast Claw. Yeah, so You're like my Padawan Beast Beast Claw Raider. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I was definitely texting with Ty and Tommy like, okay, what do I do? Uh, what's the best way to? Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, played uh, Eric and our friend Tim, who has never done any miniature wargaming, and Eric works. Uh, Eric works for Tim, uh, it's his boss, and uh, basically Tim was like, I, I want to do this. Uh, let's let's set this up, and Eric's like, well, Josh does this too and so they did a two-on-one uh eric's chaos for and i brought beast claw and this is my first time playing my beast claw raiders so it's pretty excited um yeah i i got a couple early big wins um knocked out a couple of his bigger that's what beast claw raiders do right and that kind of turned turned the tide early so it's like an avalanche buddy it <laughs> well right and then that's why they have the snow base right mm-hmm. um but yeah, no, I, I I hope it wasn't a feel bad experience for Tim. It it would be. It probably was, but mm-hmm. um no, he said he he had fun and he'd definitely play it again. So um but yeah, no, played on with Eric's Hellfort and uh, oh, at yeah. Eric's house. So yeah, it was pretty fun. It was a good time. Very cool. Uh I recently got in a, a game game day with uh Becky and Barry and we played a game I hadn't really seen before called North Wind. Um, designed by Klaus Tuber, the epic creator of Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you're you're basically trying to accomplish different tasks at one of three ports. You might meet pirates and have to battle them, so you outfit your ship with um, raising the sail, and you go faster, you can see more cards. And there's three stacks of cards that are shuffled up, tiles that become your sailing voyage, and you accumulate goods, deliver them and outfit your ship so we had uh we had a pretty good time with that it's i don't think it's over a six on board game geek came out a couple years ago um but we had fun with it it was simple to learn simple to play um played in about an hour and that was uh that was a good experience so klaus tuber cool cool it says it re-implements starship Catan. Mm, not fun i've never played starship Catan either so I mean, but the components look awesome. Yeah, you built so we punched out the cardboard to build our ships before playing, 
And then there's little crew meeples and little meeples representing other goods as well that you add in near cargo hold. So it it was fun. It it looked pretty cool and um, overall a, a, a not incredibly incredibly deep uh, game, but um, played smoothly and we were able to get through it. And you know, without consulting the rule book, it made sense. Cool. Very cool. Um, be, between all of our gaming nights. Are you guys getting any hobbying done? I'll, I'll be honest. I have only been accomplishing buying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, not even a good job at that because it's been one trip to GW and then ordering some stuff from Miniature Market. So I did have one, uh, a couple of wild, um, I call them wild nights, but at least the wild <laughs> hobby nights where I, I had a beer, I, a beer and stayed yeah, up till 1030 and, right, and <laughs> assembled a whole bunch of kind of the 40k terrain um all the i've been i had working on the containers for 40k which are cool um the hemotope uh, generators i picked up some of those which were really cool and easy to put together i'm trying to think, feel like there was another one other piece of terrain i threw together um so i did that and kind of primed it up um it's still sitting there waiting for me to really paint it but um have a whole bunch and i looked at it and i'm like you know, this might look good in a Space Hulk type thing. So that's um, always in the back of my nice. mind. So we, we may show up in the scenario that we figure out for next year or something else like that. Cause, um, oh, and yeah, and there's a lot of kind of the uh, tubes or pipes that come out. I'm like, oh, they all look pretty cool if we put that together in the Space Hulk. So, so that's kind of the a big thing. And then I do have on the table right now um, a 40-cast Storm Raven. Um, with I had bought kind of the the chapter house to make kind of the full body Storm Raven, so I really kind of I think it'll be look pretty cool, and it's the only one I have. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'll finally build this and see if I can put together. Um, I have to do a little work, I think, to get the resin pieces to kind of match up well. It's they're they're pretty solid, but in the end, you're still have to work on. I'll have to do a lot of green stuff did, and things to get it. Did there. you so, see any of the um, ATC coverage? Yeah. yeah with 15 storm with ravens the, yeah with the storm raven spam one and then, character that <laughs> and then for and then uh, gw quickly shut that down make you where if at any point you don't have any models except for flyers on the board right. you, lose. you lose like yeah. flyers don't yeah. count as um board control and they did that but that tournament didn't use that faq yeah well was so, it i don't think it was out yet was it it, 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 it was, was moments before what? i want to say the faq came out the weekend of the tournament or right around there. So pretty interesting to see, but also very interesting to see that kind of new GW that we've talked a lot with the age of Sigmar stuff, taking the feedback, seeing it and implementing a very quick um, change. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like they, they got their ear to the ground. Oh, especially they're paying attention to a lot of the big tournaments. And so it'll be interesting to see yeah, as the, the meta kind of evolves, Especially when we see new codexes coming out, you know, in the next couple of months, we're going to see a whole bunch of codexes come out, which are going to shift things a little bit. And uh, my guess is, yeah, we'll see a few more FAQs to kind of keep the ship upright uh, and, and, and on, on track, right? So, but good stuff. Um, so I, I painted up some Stormcast uh, for the skirmish battles, and I've been trying to just kind of flesh out, you know, most of a the start of an army so yeah just kind of finishing that up so that's kind of been my hobby lately i had i had been working on elves and kind of put those aside for a little while so 
I don't know why you built that guy with the bow or whatever. Because he kills all your, all I your know, guys. I know. You should have worked on something else, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of tabled my Age of Sigmar hobbying for the time being until the General's Handbook 2 drops. Because uh, I, I really need to see what it does to points before I start tailoring my Beast Claw Raiders for... Um, for uh, the Michigan GT in the the first week or two of October, uh, in in Lansing, planning on going with that. Um, Brendan from the one of the guys at the local shop is trying to recruit guys right now. He's up to eight or nine. Tom and I would be ten or eleven from Milwaukee that would be mm-hmm. traveling to that tournament because we've been joking about starting yeah. up a uh, Detroit War Gamers <laughs> versus uh, GW uh, laden um, rivalry amongst the yeah. uh, Sigmar circuit. So awesome. But uh, and then I tore through thirty six packs of Magic: The Gathering, Hour of Devastation. I'm counting that as hobby. I believe that's okay. a full box. It it was. I sat down in one night and tore through it. I found two Supreme Will cards, which is uh, the Elena, Elena Elena's card, and then I got one really cool foil incantation. They're the super rare spell cards. Mm-hmm. And it was the foil Armageddon. I was happy. I think it right now you can buy it for about 30 35 bucks oh, that's so pretty, that's cool. not too bad i can so flip it. you know somehow i i also found two supreme wills <gasps> you guys have a play set if you put them together yeah but all i did i got like this 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 uh, padded envelope in the mail <laughs> and i opened it and all it had in it was two supreme will cards oh look at you and, How about yeah that? i didn't have to open up any i didn't only have to buy a box it oh, was amazing you're missing out on all the fun yeah, See, I, know, I thought about it it was and i'll blame neil because i literally was like gosh oh, i should buy i know i really want to buy some magic cards you're going you know you can just buy the singles you know he's yeah the voice of logic yeah but i so what i figured is i, I paid 88 dollars for a miniature market and then i needed to hit 100 to have them ship me mm-hmm. uh a 12 no. day shipping for free <laughs> um so i threw in the command dice for the new 40k to get over the hundred dollars excellent and then waited two weeks two full weeks to get my my order for miniature market i plan on talking to them at gen con about <laughs> about that i also ordered my singles from miniature market and i think i got them in three days i'm gonna sell all the cards to them and ask if they'll <laughs> consider that um but it's pretty cool and yeah. those are going to gen con to get signed or maybe well we might see elena before that so yeah definitely very cool um other than hobbying i'm sure uh you guys have been doing some kickstarting or purchasing i i myself haven't because i'm i'm a degenerate so Kickstarters, um, we'll go pretty quick through that. The only one I've actually put money in is there's a new Star Realms, the Star Realms uh, deck builder card game. They're doing like a second wave, uh, another. It's basically another starter set, another full complete set. Um, it, and it, I like Star Realms, and uh, it was the price point's pretty low, so I, did, I jumped in on that. Looks like some cool cards there, um, and mostly there's some cool stuff like the add-ons which are going to be like some boxes to hold the whole thing it's more of that that i'm probably going to be excited about than to have because i do have a bunch of star realm stuff already it'd be cool to have a nice storage where do you put it yeah yeah yeah. and to do that so that's cool some of the bling is going to be what that that kickstarter is worth i think that'll still be going on when this is out um if not hopefully maybe they have some late pledge uh, of availability but i think it should be pretty close if you're listening to this about when it came out um the other one too there's um a flashpoint which is the the old, you know, game about the, the firefighting. firefighting board game yeah. is getting a, a sprucing up. Yeah, they, well, they have like what do they have like a half a dozen different expansions that already. 
Um, and I think it's been a while because like, they said this is the first expansion in like two years that they're doing. So there's just a new expansion out on, on Kickstarter. I think it's called Extreme uh, Extreme Emergency or something else like extreme that. Extreme Meth Cooking. Extreme Meth Cooking, <laughs> yeah. Flash, Flash. Flashpoint continues to be one of the most fun games to play with a group. Just a, a low low point of entry. You don't have to think too much, but it's kind of a fun random element with rolling the dice to see where the fire goes and moving around the board and then everybody telling the story yeah Yeah. that's that's the best (laughs) so and the thing they are saying is that that um they probably will not release this kind of in the um the normal uh distribution channels it'll probably only be kickstarter and conventions um, just because they're doing, I, th- I think again, there's probably tragic events is the uh, the name of the expansion. <laughs> <laughs> tragic events. This happen yep. every time we play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now you can even even more. But they are they're tweaking a little bit with the hotspot mechanic. I believe they say and they're doing it with Twitter. Um, but that's the only, again, I guess maybe they're trying to create some demand. Right? Is that they are saying that this probably will not be a wide distribution release to retail. It'll probably only be Kickstarter and then maybe straight from the company or some conventions and stuff like that. So again, twenty bucks. I think you're in on it. Maybe I don't. I don't play Flashpoint enough. We play it. I guess I shouldn't say we play it a lot. It ends up being like because it's a good like six player game. You get it out, whatever. Um, but I don't know that I need like a million expansions for it yeah. either. So, yeah. right? Um, yeah, the base game is pretty good by itself. Yeah, and although there are a few, I think there's like a second. I think a couple expansions would be cool to add in there. Um, I don't know if you need six um, <laughs> to do that. But yeah. I, not to say if you, I mean if you're into it, I think this would be something you really want to get, especially because if it's not wide distribution. So. Definitely. I I did see this next one upcoming. I think they're saying post-Gen Con, September, mm-hmm. once things kind of um, pick up for the Kickstarter, the Hunter's Press, uh, Hunter's Books, um, Outbreak Undead, the full second edition is being kickstarted. So not cool. the pocket Yay. edition, um, not the little supplemental box that they did, but a, uh, a full go, big book, um, high quality content. So Awesome. Uh, yeah. That'll probably be fulfilled sometime early, early the following year, end of this year. Yep, I will totally be in on that all the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, ditto. And then uh, you guys, I know last episode, Josh, we talked about what arrived at your house finally. Yeah the uh, the Duchess arrived. Tell tell us about the table. Yeah. It's it's great dimensions. Uh, well, three by five playable area. Uh, I think it's like. Three and a half by five and a half, uh, you know, with the little armrests, you know, from mm-hmm. playing. Um, the only bad thing, the game mat that sits in the middle has not arrived. Uh, Chad Deshawn, uh, who runs, um, is running the Kickstarter, has a, uh, he did a... Um, ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything, thank you. Oh, on yeah. yeah, on, on Reddit. And it, it was actually... Pretty pretty good. Uh, a lot of people asked him the same question over and over again, and I think he got a little. <laughs> there was a couple times where he literally cut and pasted the answer from up above. Well, I wonder if he had worked on fulfillment a little bit, if people <laughs> wouldn't be asking him the same question about it. You know, he was he was actually very apologetic to uh, all the folks that you know were delayed in getting their table or had damage issues, and you know he's he's trying to make it right for everyone. And he actually said a bunch of times, um, you know, I'm I'm. I'd much rather delay the Kickstarter than people get stuff that they're not going to like. So um, he's like, you know, that's why people don't have their game mats yet. 
I don't want to give you guys a crappy product. And I'm like, you know, I can totally respect that. And you, you got know, your cup holders though, right? I did get my cup holders. I put them in. Um, yep. Everything's good. How did the dice roll on it? They roll really nice for me. Yeah. How about you? No, they rolled horribly for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. Um, I I think it was a good purchase. Have you eaten dinner off of the table topper of it yet? Uh, I had lunch. I had lunch there. Lunch out there? (laughs) Yep. Uh, easy cleanup surface yep. wipes down real nice perfect yeah okay it's great but it was good i mean we have done miniature game on it and this skirmish like you you wouldn't play a full blown 40k game on it probably right. maybe on the top you could put the top on it and make, right because then like you said you're almost four by six right, right. and i do um, have a four by six uh mdf board that yep. you could always just use as a base so yeah but we've played the skirmish on the inside and i at first i it, initially i thought well that's gonna be too small it's gonna feel too constrained but it was it actually looked really cool. I thought it looked really cool, and we put some of the train in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we—I know I played a board game or two, and again, and it's kind of that classic. It's built for that, right? The board game, kind of down in there. And we played Clank, and your stuff didn't roll around, and you didn't have to worry about stuff off table, and not a dice hit the floor, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, okay. it's good times. Excellent. And Troy, you, uh, you of all the Kickstarters, every month I feel like a new one arrives at your door. I don't know what you're <laughs> what, talking about. What showed up this month? And every other month is a tiny epic something. And a tiny epic something. <laughs> well, because it's only $20. That's what I always tell myself. So <laughs> the newest one, uh, Tiny Epic Quest, um, which is uh, the, you know, I would call it, what do you call it? It's like an adventure kind of. Kind of sandbox style adventure game. game. Yeah, and what's what sold me on it originally was the little meeples. So you get the regular your regular meeples, but they have little holes in them, and then you have little weapons and little equipment you can give them that you put on your meeple, <laughs> That's and great. then they go off adventuring. So I haven't played it through yet, um, but you kind of build up the modular the land. board. Yeah, it's just cards that build up the land, and then I think you have different adventures and quests you go off to, which is where the name comes from. Quests that you get points to do it. So we will definitely play that. At some point, and probably have a little more in-depth review, but it has arrived. It's there. It's in the little tiny again, the really small form factor. But there's a ton of stuff in that little box. It's tiny some. epic, tiny epic. So yeah, awesome. Um, that really wraps up the buying. Uh, just a couple other things that we we have down here that are gaming geek whatever yep. related that Troy will let you talk about because I don't know what what they are. So when we played. Uh, Time stories. Mike came, uh, brought this bag of plastic stuff. Uh, he's like, "Here, it looks." Cool. And actually, I, Mike has been talking about this a long time. He's bought a 3D printer, and I know we, Josh, you, I think you've been toying with the idea. Yeah, for sure, for a while. So he bought this. This it's called like the Mono Price Select Mini, and I think it has like a print area. I think he said it's either like six by six by six or so, or it might be a little bigger than that. It might be nines, but. Um, but he had all these little, and basically the idea, and it really opened my mind to like, oh, I never thought about all the cool things. If you have a 3D printer, kind of all the bling you could create. So basically he had all kinds of stuff for different games that he had done as kind of tests. So some of it, like for Nexus Ops, there's like a, a central tower that, so he had a piece that he had printed out, kind of a little circle there for like little doors like we'd use for like Zombicide or those 3D doors. He had printed out a, a, a uh, an example of one of those um, different counters and uh, card containers. And so he just kind of had a rant because he was doing testing. He's kind of getting his, his um, feet underneath them and how, you know, what can he do and, and create that. And he created for like, if you're familiar with uh, forbidden desert, 
um, which is where you have a kind of a sand storm that goes through. He had this really cool kind of about three or four inches tall tornado sand thing that um, that he had printed out to use. So uh, just something that I think it's going to be interesting, right? And as we move forward, and you can get some of the stuff already online and have somebody print it, 3D print it for you, but there's plans for all kinds of different uh, different bling and so i don't know it makes me think like oh you know for space hulk we could do some maybe custom, some custom pieces, stuff yeah pieces if i need a thing right? and it's not just i have it's not just scratch built stuff anymore you could actually like oh i could find, either find something or if you find somebody talented enough to actually design you some three thing 3d model and then find somebody with a 3d printer like mike or right? there's another guy at work at that has one that oh there's really opening up a lot of uh, i think possibilities for what you can do with either game piece custom game pieces just bling for your game or whole new you know maybe even prototype stuff right if you're designing a game how, well, here's a quick and dirty way to get prototype stuff out and it looked pretty cool so and again his this one i think was about 200 bucks so the price is you know keeps driving way down and this is a pretty good one it created some pretty cool stuff from what we saw that's so, awesome and they already have a version two of that uh, that one out there that he has so cool excellent so that was the is that the Monopress Select Mini version one? Version one and version two is out now, and I think it runs a little over two hundred right now. I think is what he said the the new one does. So but before I buy a three D printer, I'll be buying an Oculus Rift. So that it's <laughs> it's VR then three D printing. There you go. I'm there you skip go. the three D printing mm-hmm. probably entirely for gaming and just skip right to VR. So there you go. Did um, you? So I don't want to go on the VR tangent, but there I'm not familiar with it. So they were talking about this old like aliens game that somebody kind of fixed so that it would work with the VR, <laughs> and it's it's like you're playing the alien like the movie, yeah. And some people say it's just like totally freaky to be in VR because you're like at the table where the alien pops out of like, awesome. and you're totally immersed. And it's like an older game, but they just kind of rejigged it so that you can use it with I think the the VR goggles and stuff. That's so. cool. That's pretty cool. Um, the uh, the one other thing, so back at Adepticon this spring, Team Covenant, the guys that are actually out of Tulsa, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool, uh, do a bunch of videos and a lot of coverage of different things. And they did an interview with the guys from Anvil 8, I think it was Chris, uh, mm-hmm. to talk about Ethereum. So that's up on Team Covenant's site. Um, we'll put links to it, but it's, it's cool to check out and, and see a little bit of uh, coverage from somebody else about mm-hmm. uh, Anvil 8 games and Ethereum. Yeah, and it's pretty good. I mean, and if I watch, and Chris does give a little bit of a kind of the background of Anvil 8 and getting through, and then they kind of go through a full gameplay of Ethereum, which is pretty cool. So, Yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, but for right now, we need to freshen up our drinks, rest our vocal cords, and come back with a huge, massive, and epic preview of Gen Con 50. Hopefully you all have purchased your badges. Yeah, signed up for your events, secured housing, because Gen Con 50 is imminent. We are weeks away from the greatest gaming convention, some may say, of the year. Gen Con 50, the Gen sellout. 50, the sellout. <laughs> Gen Con 50, the sellout. Yeah. And it, well, speaking of sellout, I didn't know if this was in the past. If you go to the Gen Con page, if you scroll past the fold, it looks like a NASCAR. Like all the different sponsors and the different logos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's always been like that, but I just realized <laughs> this, like there's literally, yeah. yeah, you scroll about three pages of just 
logos of all the different sponsors stuff and things like that. So yeah, it's it's come it's come an incredibly long way from 1968 when <laughs> Gary Gygax first had it in Lake Geneva, um, and, and you know it wasn't long after where Troy probably had his first Gen Con. <laughs> was it 72? Uh, no, because even I would have been... Uh, uh, my first one was probably 83. I believe 83. I'd have to go 83 or 82 or 83. Um, Jeff Grubb was just releasing the Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game, the first version. Um, I just remember how cool it was to meet him and, you know, to get there we were at parkside uw parkside down in uh kenosha kenosha um, and and we didn't have to worry about hotels because we camped nice we there was there was basically a campsite just because um, you couldn't stay on the university of parkside campus yeah. so everybody's you know there was different hotels but mo- a lot of people camped like the campsite was they were there so and so you had this campsite of gamer people and so people would, you know, so, instead of going back to hotel play games, you went to the campsite and played games. And, and I have no idea. We had like light. 80 people. I don't even know. I feel like we had 10 people in some camper, right? And I have no it, <laughs> I didn't, awesome. It's all a big blur, right? Because yeah. you didn't really sleep and stuff like that. And that's, uh, that's awesome. Now, that is roughly, I mean, doing the math, you know, carry the one 33 years ago, 34 years ago. Uh, yeah. Have you missed any Gen Con? I, I didn't. Since? I've met. Yeah. So I went to like 80, whatever one. I went to like one in high school. That was that the 83. I went to then one in college where I think I took John and a couple of friends and we got him. I'm like, why did my parents? They let me. I had to be maybe 18, 19, take the car for the weekend down to Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> and that was by then it was at the um, it was back then the Mecca, Mecca? So and whatever. Yeah. I don't know what we even call that now. Um but it's the the old convention center um, there, and stayed at the some hotel downtown, and uh, with just random people that we, uh, you know, some friends, and then we had a group from Door County that went down uh, and stayed around and played some games. It was interesting. Then we we met a bunch of guys from London, Ontario, Canada. Again, it's kind of the networking um, that we ended up playing a lot of games with, and then later they actually ended up coming to Door County. Um, like the like later in the year and we had a big kind of gaming thing there so you know it's always been kind of this uh, community thing and meeting people and things like that and what i always remember from that one which must have been like 86 maybe um was eric wujnak um, the guy who did the amber diceless um and that's always been something that stuck with me is he did a talk seminar and how he just talked about because in my you know you're very young person RPGs, D and D was all about D twenty and smashing people and you know min max and kind of stuff. And then it was really kind of eye opening to have him just talk about because you're like, well, how the heck do you play without dice, right? Um, and that really got me thinking about you know because he was all about story decisions and 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 just that whatever hour talk mm-hmm. really changed my whole gaming from a, a story and an RPG and stuff like that. So. Yeah, or it's Gen Con is, you know, I had many, many different things like that. So, so going back to what you said, so then I, so I was like 86, and then uh, I got out of college and didn't do a whole lot then. So, 1990, pretty much straight from 1990, or that's been 27 years, I've been to every Gen Con since then. So, that's, that's a good streak. Um, I mean, my, my streak currently for the indie ones is, I don't know, seven, seven years since the, the BOD kind of mm-hmm. founded. Uh, cause I'd taken a hiatus there. My, my first Gen Con, I was 
16. So it had moved over to the, I think then it would have been the federal, or not federal, um, the Midwest, Midwest Express uh, Center when they had it there, uh, probably 2005, 2006-ish. Mm. Yep. Or no, uh, no, no, even uh, even nineties, yep, ninety eight, yep, maybe, yeah, because the math is hard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, and uh, went to a few in in high school, and we'd drive downtown and stay. We wouldn't sleep. We wouldn't get a hotel. We would just stay there for the weekend and catch naps under tables. And we were those you know kids that yeah. it, the security guard would come and hassle. And we set up a little base at the bottom of a stairwell in a far corner and called it Sanctuary. And it was like our, our home base where we'd play D&D through the wee hours of the night. And um, and then from there went for a stretch where I'd go through, um, you know, every year, college and everything. And then I moved to Indy. Uh, we should know better. We right? should know better, but around the time of, of college. Cause I remember taking a trip out there when I was 21 or 22 and Tom was, you know, 17, 18. And we, my dad let us take the Jeep at that time and drove out there and had a blast the first time we went to Indy. Uh, and then I took a short hiatus and got back going again with our, our big group as we now go. We roll about 20 people we know, friends friends and family. Um, so I've it's somewhere over 10 Gen Cons, but probably closer to 15 Gen Cons for me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the baby of the group, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I've joined... Uh this the seven uh the last seven i think we've we've done so um but yeah it's it's all been in indie for me i haven't done i didn't do any of the milwaukee ones i you guys always invited me and I, for whatever reason it just didn't resonate with me like oh this you would were, be a whole lot you of were fun too cool for us at that i guess i was know, too cool yeah i don't know but yeah I've I've come to my senses and I this yeah. is one of my favorite things so, to do yeah. now so it went to Where? and it went to indie in 2003 Oh, if I believe okay. Wikipedia. And I was going to say that 2001, right. but that sounded too early. That's yeah. right, because it would have been middle yeah. of my college years yeah. where we, we took that trip. Yeah. Um, but where I was going with the years we've been going is our group in total, mm-hmm. thanks in large part to the, the bodfather himself, Troy, <laughs> has over 50 Gen Cons when we no, think about no. the, the combined <laughs> years of uh, our, our three podcasting hosts here. So we have a lot of experience. Not as much as some people, but a lot, you know. So we're going to pontificate for a while about uh, prepping for Gen Con and go into, you know, some of the changes. What's new at Gen Con this year? What's some advice? And, and the way I think I'm, I'm going to pose the question to the group after we go through what's new at Gen Con 50 is you're bringing your, your new best friend to Gen Con for their very first experience of Gen Con. What are, you know, what are your recommendations for them and, and approach it in, in that way for this conversation? So... First off, though, new at Gen Con this year, they, they've had some problems with line uh, wait times for <laughs> Will Call, picking up badges, picking up event tickets. So this year, Will Call was announced, will be running 24 hours a day uh, throughout the con. Um, and they have expanded the Will Call um, number of windows, I guess. So mm-hmm. hopefully that will help. <laughs> um, 
it brings up a uh, a very interesting point though about on site. Um, Gen Con has sold out, and we're not saying that as a joke. <laughs> like the sponsors and the ridiculousness of the the spectacle that is Gen Con now. But uh, they just announced Thursday is a sellout. Saturday is a sellout. Sunday Family Day is a sellout. Four day badges are sold out. Uh, right now, you might be able to get a one day ticket for Friday, a couple weeks out of the convention, which no on-site registration. Um, it'll be really interesting to see w- how many people do show up thinking they can, can yep. stroll in and, and check it out and, and are turned away. Right. So no on-site this year. Yeah. So it, yeah, it will be, yeah, there will be somebody because as much as, you know, we talk about it as Gen Con, their website puts it up there. There'll be people who, right. Who probably it's probably, and it'll be the casual people, unfortunately, who aren't right. Right. Aren't kind of in the scene that, who you'd probably want to get some of the Gen Con experience who will be the ones that kind of get left out in the cold, but whatever we, they, they were, they're warned, but they should have rolled a higher initiative. (laughs) Um, the other thing too, is even I, we don't Gen Con has the whole convention center. Um, we, that last year they moved into Lucas oil field this year. They're on Lucas oil field. (laughs) Um, you know, they've taken over the whole, my understanding is they'll have the whole Lucas oil field. Um, That's cool to put stuff in, and I can't remember exactly what's gonna be over there. I, I um, hope it's the LARPing, like the foam swords <laughs> arena. <laughs> yes, you go out to the fifty yard line on the turf and line up like knights ready to uh, fight a melee. That'd be awesome. Well, underneath is True Dungeon. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Last year, and that was totally that was just really cool. Yeah, you were it's a great space for in it. a dungeon doing you true walk dungeon. through the eighties right. arcade games and mm-hmm. the nineties arcade. They have that hallway, the ramp down with all the old arcade. Yeah, oh, I believe, aren't they? I believe on Lucasfilm they're going to do some kind of a, a like a museum or some kind of. I thought there was some kind of um, display around. That's going to be like a history of Gen Con thing over oh, there cool. too. I think so. I'm going to cosplay Indiana Jones and go steal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bring a bag of sand and swap it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Troy, you are bringing somebody that is brand new to Gen Con. It's their first experience. It's Gen Con 50. You know it's going to be overwhelming. You know there's going to be too much to really get done. What? um, Let's start with with food. What are some restaurants they really should go to? And how do they avoid a a three-hour wait time Uh, at some of the popular places? (laughs) Um, So one of the classics, right, is the Ram down at uh, gen con like it, they do they theme it they have a themed menu uh, and then and, and good beer and pretty good food in and out um our trick has always been and we always hate to give away our secret our trick is never actually eat at the actual sit down part going to the bar we've always been able to find a table at, at the bar they serve food at the bar um two three four people two, you can yeah. usually find chairs find a chair yep. usually you may have to kind of scout for maybe three or four minutes but i've never like waited and then you'll see because you will see that line out the door um for people waiting for a table to get in and things like that and we've always kind of just went in snuck into the bar and you're not even sneaking in they're just like yeah i'm going to the bar go to the bar sit on a table order food in and out you know 90 minutes at the most maybe okay so sit at the bar at the ram and i think that probably holds true for a lot of the restaurants Mm -hmm. if there's tabletop you know high high tops at the bar it's worth sitting down Josh, you're bringing a friend. First time they've gone. Where where are you recommending they go in downtown Indianapolis? And what's the best food experience for Gen Con? Food experience. Um, uh, the, what is it? Claw Dag. 
the uh mm, the, or whatever yeah, yeah the irish place i i don't know i really enjoy that place i always try to hit that up at least once so it's a little bit of a walk uh away from the convention center but i think it's totally worth it because they're usually not very busy and they have really good food and whiskey flights you know <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> whiskey <laughs> yeah okay what about um, you time well uh I'm going to order Hot Box Pizza Truck. Oh. <laughs> the worst. That might be my advice for my friend if it comes time that to eat is don't order from Hot Box Pizza, the no. official pizza of Gen Con, because you'll never get your pizza. Um, or order right now, uh, and maybe you'll get it by the time Gen Con rolls around. Pick up. Um, so uh, Harry and Izzy's does a mm. uh, steak sandwich that is ridiculously good. Um, and that's a nice um, tradition uh, of some friends of ours to go there and get that the the first night, really. Um, but the other thing I'd highly recommend is the food trucks. It's great. There's some great local um, mm. food trucks in Indy, and, and definitely walk up and down that Georgia Street um, kind of walk there and, and sample some of the, some of those. Yeah, and they always have a beer tent in there too. So if you're yep. looking for a beverage, there's always something there too. Yeah, and we can we'll jump to that when we talk a little bit about Georgia Street. Um, I think mm-hmm. our last advice is may, again maybe a don't um, is Scotty's Brew House is really a night really good brew, uh, brew house there. Um, I don't know what they are like a block two blocks eh, two or three blocks off the thing. Uh, what's been food. interesting to see is if you guys remember when like, we first went there in 2010. Um, we had just the year before Ben and John and I had kind of discovered um, Scotty's Beer House. I think it was new then, um, and nobody really knew about it. And we're like, "Oh, this is awesome and really great place." In 2010, we went. There was still like nobody there. Awesome place. It was busy, but not crazy. And then again, they've embraced Gen Con and kind of the the, the double end short with that first Stormtrooper guys yeah. are always there. <laughs> they do dice. They yeah. do themed beers and T-shirts and geek movies. Yeah, yeah. So it is cool, but if there, if it's any time, any prime time, uh, I would just say steer clear because you just won't. It will not have a good experience, and we we'd like you to have a good experience there. Um, but if you can go for a, maybe a lunch, early lunch. Mm-hmm. If you're going kind of later, maybe very late in the evening, uh, or if it's like a sun, we've gone on Sunday, um, yeah, when it's kind of the cons winding down and had again awesome experiences and stuff there. But I would say kind of try to avoid it if they're, um, as Tommy likes to say, in the weeds, in yeah, the weeds. yeah, um, right. Yeah, Tommy and I actually went at two, three o'clock, you know, just after lunch last year. We walked right in, sat right down, ordered our food, came out right away. It was perfect. I mean, it was still busy, but it wasn't like, you know, they yeah. weren't in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and that and maybe a general comment, too, is it try, I mean, as much as you're at convention, if shift your kind of eating hours, as much as you can kind of shift to off, off kind of standard, you know, between kind of, especially a little later, between like 12 and 2, guess what? Everything's going to be kind of crazy for lunch, around, especially around the, the, the con uh, in the evening. Again, it's con time, so people are always a little later. You know, kind of that six, seven, eight. You're gonna have every every restaurant's gonna be super, super busy. But if you kind of wait till after nine, ten, yeah, things will kind of be busy, especially in the evening because people roll out of the convention. But you can usually find you'll have a little better experience at a lot of these places, and not as crazy. And again, if if you really want the further away you walk from the convention, again, the more chance you're gonna have that you're not gonna have a crazy busy place, right? Because gamers don't like to walk. Yeah. 
Um, there, there is a breakfast spot I heard about in India. I think it's called Yolk or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, supposed to be really good. It's down by the tow yard from what I can tell. So it's a little bit off, but I'm going to try to hit that up this year. That's my <laughs> my new thing. I'm not telling my friend about it because it's trendy and hip and haven't been mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try that. Very cool. Um, now, what would you guys recommend as far as I, I'm new? I love games, board games. How do I play some games at Gen Con? Yeah, so it's, it's funny you say this. Um, uh, last year, my uh, friend from Indianapolis... Uh, his daughter really wanted to go to Gen Con. That was her birthday present because her birthday is around Gen Con time. And I told him, hey, you should really take her on um, on family day because the tickets are cheaper. It's a little bit more family friendly. And you could still get, you know, tickets for decent. Uh... So, yeah, he pre-ordered family, family day tickets. And then they looked on the uh, event reg. And, I, you know, it's kind of told them about the whole event registration stuff and um, so yeah, they were able to jump in a few games and check some stuff out. And, um, yeah, so th- that's kind of what I told him, like, Hey, you know, go on family day, check it out. I know it's a little bit busier, but I think it's a little bit more, I don't know, family oriented. And he was able to jump in a bunch of games really easy mm-hmm. on Sunday. So, um, yeah, they had no problem doing that. So cool. Yeah. I would say there, I mean, you can, I think if you're going to try and demo stuff in the hall, that's always kind of the easy way, right? Oh, I want to get some games in and demo some things. You got to think of there as I'm not going to, you're not going to get a full game in a lot of times. It's just going to be a demo um, to touch some things. Again, try and avoid the, the hall. We could probably go on about some strategy about that a little later. Um, I think the other options is there's some of these rooms off the thing. Like I think Rio Grande has their own room that you may be able to get in and find a game, you know, from a company where they'll demo and it'll be more of like a full game. Um, and some of the, the, there's a huge hall that's will have like a lot of the board game events going on. Um, a lot of those, again, I think you have a chance with generic tickets to just kind of look on the schedule, see when they're going on, see if you can jump in. If you're looking, especially if you only have one or two people, you can for a lot of times jump in, or sometimes it's a case where, especially if it's like fantasy flight or some of the companies doing it, it's easy enough. They may have multiple setups there where they can drop down another copy of the game. If you have some extra people to jump in to do that so um and then from overall like events i think the trick too is what's cool is everything's online right so if you have your even if there's events you can look real time and look and see are there tickets available for certain slots or games and people are always returning tickets and so your inventory is always kind of in flux um so if you want to spend the time you can kind of be looking on your phone to see what events are available and i would say actually i think you can actually purchase them on your phone online and then go up to will call and grab the tickets. We did that last year for a couple of events. Um, rather than wait in line to go to the window to buy the event on there. That works too, but you can also kind of short circuit the system a little bit in terms of just buy it online with your phone. Go to Will Call because they'll print them out and they'll be sitting for you at the Will Call at the line. So we'll see how the Will Call line is. So you have to kind of, you can gauge it and say which line is shorter right now. <laughs> is it the event line or is it the Will Call line? And then kind of do what you need to do to get, get your tickets. Excellent points. I, I think you guys uh, are set for gaming. I don't know that what I have anything to add. What no, about hotels? Uh, yeah, Throw so out the hotel one. The hotel lobby. Bring bring a board game down to the hotel. Some of the hotels will open up some ballrooms for um, for open gaming. Hotel lobbies will usually have some tables and seating areas. 
Uh, get together with your friends. Don't over plan. That's mm-hmm. the other yep. thing. Just bring a handful of boxes down or a new game you bought. Sit down with uh, with a buddy or meet a new friend. There have been a couple times where somebody else has you know said, "Oh, what are you guys playing?" Mm-hmm. And you you end up talking about a game or playing. But utilize the the space outside of the convention center for some of that gaming after after hours or during hours. I mean, yep. last year on Saturday it was so busy in the hall, we sat down <laughs> in the lobby and got a game yeah. of Blood Rage in. Like, um, definitely. All right, this is the big one. You're taking someone into a swarming melee. I imagine the Gen Con <laughs> exhibition hall of being what it was like in the Dark Ages on a battlefield. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, knights clashing into each other, horses kicking, strollers taking you out at the ankles. Yeah, it's just like the the Game of Thrones finale last year, right? Battle of the Bastards, exactly the, like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, that being said, what advice do you have, uh, Josh? Let's hear your advice for conquering the exhibit hall at Gen Con 50. Um, if, if you don't mind going slow, follow behind a double stroller because it acts as like a battering <laughs> ram. And you can just follow right behind and not have to bump into people. That's uh, that's my one tip for uh, for folks. It is going to move slower, but it'll, it'll plow the way for you. That's good. That's Thanks. good. Troy, Troy, how about you? Um, if you don't want to walk behind a stroller, um, my advice is don't try and take it. Take it in in little little bites, um, because it, I've just found the hall, and maybe this is just over years and years. Like the hall is it dra- it's draining. Like you you want to go in, and so I try to like if, do it in an hour, two hour at a, at the most, because you'll be in there for an hour or two, and then you realize, oh my god, this is just completely i'm i'm it's so noisy i'm completely drained i need a break get out kind of refresh and then kind of dive back in um so last couple of years i really tried to not try and you're never going to get through the whole hall you may in the whole weekend you may not get through the whole hall there may be places you never see um but i would say just if you have an hour or two do it an hour or two chunks and and if you want to kind of say yeah, i'm going to work on this side of the hall for this next hour come in and then hit the middle or or if you do if you've done some pre-game in terms of, I know that there's these six booths I really want to hit. Maybe that's your first hour you go and you hit the things you really want to hit. And then if you have other time, use that to kind of browse and think and find things. Cause you will, that is kind of the cool thing is you will always find something new and crazy in some one of these back booths in the corner. Um, whether it's a, a, a new game or just some, some, uh, new piece for, you know, kind of equipment or some ad game aid or something else. Um, there's always that's what's kind of the cool is the find right the find of these small companies or even big companies that have stuff that you've never seen before so i'm uh i'm gonna go counter to what you said an opposing viewpoint because how i how i recommend tackling the exhibit hall is plan strategize Mm -hmm. take out your map and spend the time like i do my first every thursday morning of every gen con i go in the exhibit hall when it opens and I just do a quick walk. I don't stop and browse, but I, I do a quick walk of almost every row. I go up and down. If I see a row that like a looks... a scout. Yep. I, I go through Thursday morning. I take first two hours usually to, to do some recon of the entire exhibit hall using the map. And then what I see, yep. I mark off some spots that I know I want to hit yep. the rest of the con. But I do a full walkthrough. I, I skip, there's the one area, the huge like Mayfair, all the game tables yep. and stuff. So you know what to skip, yep. but then the major, I don't go into each booth like the, I, but I just get the lay yeah. of the land 
identify and then I circle on the map a few things once I figure out where it is and learn your exits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's good. I know uh, we had this FBI guy come into the office and do like active shooter training. And he said, I look into a room, I find my exits. That's how I handle the exhibit hall. <laughs> know your exits. I know your exits. If you want to get out of there, you don't want to get lost. You got to find a bathroom, go back to the hotel. Know your exits. <laughs> and there is there is an exit at the far end that some people don't know about. Mm-hmm. But, and although we'll see. I mean, who knows how big the exhibit hall will be this year? Maybe they've reconfigured and made it bigger and crazy. I don't know, busier and crazier. Who knows? Crazier. It may be better, but it's crazier. <laughs> All right. So those those are some expert, yes, I'm saying expert tips on uh, getting through your first Gen Con. Let's, let's just talk about some real quick, you know, the quick and dirty list of some of the other things that you can do. We've already talked a little bit about Georgia Street, the, the beer and the food trucks, but in the convention hall itself, there's an auction. There's a huge auction that's going almost out all hours yep. um, where you can find some really great steals for board games that are out of print for games you might not want to pay retail for um but it's, it's yeah and, and i i think I've, I've talked about it. it's one of my favorite things to made just because i've been going forever but just to see some of the old games that come up um there are some there are some deals too that you'll get in there but there are also some of the cool stuff is you will see some things you're not going to see anywhere else it's really um, rare yeah rare thing and collectible type items there are some of those that come up also part of the entertainment is some of the guys like Frank Metz, Frank Metzger who's actually who are kind of the the auctioneers um, a lot of times that you'll hear a few stories you'll hear a few things there there's an entertain those guys there's an entertainment value besides the actual auctioning and then they are just they're going through a bunch of games you know as fast as they can um, but there is always a, an entertainment value to it especially if one of the guys up there is is uh, has some experience like Frank does, right? Who's been there for forever and can tell you about basically any game that comes into his hand. He has a story about of some kind. So, um, and then there's also the auction has a little store um, and that's where you can kind of find some deals and things like that. Um, and it's gotten more and more popular. It's because sometimes you are waiting in line to get through there because they kind of keep uh, it limit how many people go through. But I would say try and hit that on kind of the, the third and the prices tend to go down Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, if people can do that on their pricing. So, you may want to hit that on Thursday because if there's anything worthwhile, it'll be gone um, then. But there may be some things that, oh, maybe I'll wait till Saturday to see if it's still around. But again, I would recommend going early Saturday because a lot of people will go Saturday to kind of clean up what's there. And it's only open through Saturday because the auction ends Saturday, Saturday evening. All right. Auction. Anime slash movies. There's a, there's a big screening room. Um, one of the huge ballrooms they have. Yeah. And, and lots. I think there, I don't know exactly which hotel we can look in your program guide, but there's usually a whole set of different meeting rooms that have different anime and movies and stuff like that. And, and, uh, different, sometimes it's gaming movies and premieres, a lot of anime tracks and things like that. And some people don't even, a lot of people never even know that exists. Um, but sometimes if you're, if you have some hours to kill and maybe you're looking for a place to take a nap, yeah, that's the, they're really hung over and need a nap <laughs> right. midday. Um, Definitely an anime yeah. anime room. Dark Hall anime. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, cosplay is a big thing at Gen Con. There's always people walking around. Last year, I think the the greatest one was the Space Wolf, uh, Space Marines that, yeah. we, that we saw. Yeah. yeah. The squad that was amazing. So uh, there's a big parade. I think on Saturday. Yep. Saturday afternoon. I think around three ish, something like that. Usually. Yeah. You'll see them start lining up down the hall. Yep. 
This year I might try to join. Yeah. Yep. Just as myself. You got it. Cosplay good. Nerd. good. But the cosplay has, I mean, it's, it's the, el- the level is level. elevated and yeah. elevated. Yeah. Before it would it's be crazy. mediocre costumes, and now it's true. Oh, you're, you'll still see the, the guy in the red hooded sweatshirt and red sweatpants <laughs> with like a black ski mask and yeah. say he's Deadpool. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> all right, dude, try harder. But it is impressive. It's, it's yeah. fun to see. This year, I'm guessing there will be somewhere north of 27 Harley Quinns. I, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, Georgia Street. Uh, speaking of beer and food trucks, um, the guys at the Secret Cabal every year do a um, a meetup for their listeners and their fans and their friends. Uh, this year, they're at the Toyard um, Brewery. They're actually shutting down the whole place for them, and even I think some of the area on the street outside because yep. they usually get about four or five hundred people. people. Yep, at these, um, and that's Saturday night at eight p.m. So it's a little bit off the beaten path. Um, I think you go kind of past Monument oh, Circle sorry. to get there, <clears throat> but um, it should be a really great event. I'm going to try to get there. It's sometimes tough because Saturday yeah. night is uh depends what it, it's one of the options on the menu for Saturday night. So we'll see where we end up, but yeah. And if you're interested in, in meeting the, uh, the guys behind the microphone, we will more than likely be having our own meetup <laughs> <laughs> with our buddies, um, from Anvil Eight games. I think it's been rumored probably the patio at Cladog on Saturday night, uh, <laughs> late <laughs> until the wee hours of the morning. So, that's where it was last year. I think we had about 25 people just sitting out on yep. the patio drinking and maybe a little bit of eating. But uh, come come say hi. Um, what else, guys? What am I missing? Um, I think, again, at uh, one of the cool things is, if you want to, is the seminars. Like, there's a whole seminar track. And one of the things I saw really cool this year is they have a whole seminar track, what they're calling retro uh, retro panels which are all about the history of Gen Con. And they have a lot of uh, Peter Atkinson's doing a bunch talking about, you know, kind of his time with, you know, running Gen Con and Wizard of the Coast and buying that. Um, Frank Metzger and other things. There's actually one that just talks about the first Gen Con because there's still a handful of guys that were at that first Gen Con in 68 that are still out (laughs) coming to conventions and stuff like that. Um, That one looks interesting. A lot of these look like they're sold out, but I wouldn't, be discouraged because my guess is usually on this especially generics yeah they're they're all free tickets so my guess is what they'll do is they'll take people with tickets first and then they'll fill the room with whatever room is left so if you really want to go to these i would get there it'll get there a little early queue up and odds are you're going to get in i mean that's um, yeah because with free tickets what mercer is doing one like just some really cool yeah and i um, noticed the uh our our, i say our buddies just because we see them a lot uh over at game hole con but um Mike uh, Merle and uh, Jeremy Crawford, Jeremy Crawford Merle, sir, are, are going to yeah. be there with, I think, um, Matt Mercer doing one and talking about kind of Gen Con now um, that's in there. So uh, yeah. lots of cool stuff. If you want to yeah. meet a lot of these designers and stuff, some of these seminars are usually the best way to do it. And again, Gen Con website, go on. There's a million different things to do it. And again, if they're sold out, especially if they're a free ticket, I wouldn't be, I would, you may have to navigate a little bit to get there, but don't be discouraged and say, oh, it's sold out. I'm not going to go. Just get there early, and a lot of these you can you can sneak in. Yeah. Also, part of the hall that we forgot to mention is uh, the artist block. Mm. So there's a lot of really great artists that do you know fantasy art and magic cards and you name it. You know, 
Um, yeah, I I always kind of walk through and, and kind of geek out at certain people and whatever. So, yeah, no, I definitely check out the, the cool artwork. Our friend Elena will be there, so check yes. her out. Yes, stop by and get your copy of Supreme Will from Hour of Devastation set signed. Boom. <laughs> and then buy a print. And buy some print and play mats and other cool stuff from her booth. Absolutely. Um, and this year, Gen Con 50, they're doing some renewing of vows for people <laughs> and uh, geek weddings. I think you, there's, you can do a Gen Con wedding if you want. Um, you know, I could be interesting. I don't know how yep. many wives would go for that. but The gamer couples. Yeah, gamer yeah, couples. couples will, will pull yeah. it off. Yeah, I yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a concert. They might be giants. Is yep. doing a huge concert for Gen Con 50. Um, can't think of any of their songs right now, but when I hear them, <laughs> I, I know it's them. Um, yeah, and they're gonna do that Istanbul Constantinople song. Is that them? I don't know. Okay, well, it's good thing. All right. Well, either way, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to check out. Um, but I think what would be cool is Gen Con is a gaming convention. The exhibit hall is a good chance to demonstrate a lot of the uh, stuff that's coming out, the new hotness, as as it may be. Um, and uh, we'll each kind of go through and share some of the, the vendors, some of the games that we're excited to get a, a first look at and, and perhaps purchase or pick up. So um, BoardGameGeek.com does a fantastic preview list. Of I think it's up to eighteen or nineteen pages of the different game it's companies like and games. Four hundred and twenty-two or something like that as of today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> posts. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty pretty crazy. Um, but they they really do a great job of showing each of the game companies that have re- announced what they're bringing. Um, and I like they stay away from speculation for the most part uh, with that list. So there's a lot of companies that may bring something or may bring that but they stick to to what's out there and i know we've all perused that and gone over that at some length so um troy you want to kick us off with one one of the ones you're you're excited to see this year sure and uh one of the ones and mostly it's just because um i because mandy and is is a big into bicycle uh, bicycling and bicycle racing is Flamme Rouge, which is not a new game, but it's new to the U.S. Stronghold is basically bringing it was out in Europe for like the last year or so, and Stronghold is bringing that um, to the U.S. as of Gen Con of this year. So um, we may look for that and see if we can grab a copy of that. Since I don't know that that's going to be a super hot title. I don't know that. I think the reason it was <laughs> Europe only is I don't know that bicycle racing is a super hot uh, game game here Did, in the u.s uh, bonacore bring that over with yep. stronghold yeah so it uh cool. so it's good and the good thing there is it's kind of a known game too so it, you can we will do a little bit and look it looks like it's fun so uh, that'll probably be one thing we kind of look at i think mandy will be excited for that very cool josh how about you what um what's just kind of top of your list uh, one game that kind of caught my eye, and they, they're just going to have it for demo uh, Gen Con, but uh, it's the Palace of Mad King Ludwig, and that's the sequel to the Castles of Mad King Ludwig. And if you've listened to our previous podcast, uh, we uh, I think we had a, a code name for that, and it was uh, something like uh, Building James Vanderbeek's 
Dream Castle or something like that. So I, I'm monikering this one, uh, Build Dream Vanderbeek Dream Palace, because it's the palace this time. Um, but yeah, no, it sounded interesting. It sounded, uh, you know, sort of similar, um, similar play style. Um, essentially, the they add like a moat that goes around the palace. Um, and once the moat is complete, that's the end. So there's a little bit more of a an urgency to build, you know, build out that. Um, so yeah, it kind of sounded interesting. Um, and that's uh, Bezier Games. Very cool. Um, Bezier makes pretty good stuff. Uh, we've picked up the the castles of King Ludwig and what was uh, Suburbia. Was that the other one we enjoyed? Yeah, and played yeah. that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. They do yeah. some good stuff. Um, yeah, so one that I'm, I'm pretty interested in is, uh, and I, I can't think of the game company now, but exit, um, the game, they're going to have the Pharaoh's tomb in the abandoned cabin. It was the Kennerspiel Diaris winner. Um, the huge, you know, game of the year board gaming, uh, award in, in Europe. Um, and it's basically an escape room in a box. So it's a cooperative experience that you're going through. Um, that you play in, I think, a little bit over an hour, uh, solving puzzles. So it, it it seems to have that time stories element to it, where you're working together to solve the puzzle. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to to see that because it, it's another one of those experiences. Instead, I you know, it's not really a, a game, so to speak, but it is an experience in a box. Yeah, Cosmos, Cosmos is the one there, and it, I believe right exit is this is destructive right and i think that my heard is what the exit games as they are you're they're a one play yep. through but they are pretty yep. i believe they run under 15 bucks it's um, not crazy expensive yeah. so it's, you are getting here a, a one shot yeah less than a movie ticket yeah. you're getting yeah. a couple hours if, if you go to an escape room locally and and do it mm-hmm. each person's paying you know 15 right. 20 25 dollars so yeah and i think there are um there are a couple of those titles already out that you can get to uh, and you can pick them up and try them, and it's it's they are releasing a new. They keep releasing more because they are consumable. <laughs> yeah, they keep releasing more new and new scenarios. Yeah. Troy, anything else? Uh... Um. So the next one, so I don't want to steal from Josh a little bit, but the next one on my list, I think we both had was uh, Mountains of Madness. Um. So this is from Yellow, um, and this is Rob Davio, um. And it just looks one. It just it, I'm not a huge um, C- uh, Cthulhu person, um, but Mountains of Madness is one of my. It is one of the the Lovecraft stories that I've read, and I really like the scenario. And so this just sounds like a game that's kind of set in that in that story um, that you get to play. So that's what got kind of my eye. Um, and again, the the company and the designer and stuff. It looks like this could be fun. And this is. It's a cooperative game where you're again trying to not go insane, right? Thank you. It's a cool Cthulhu game, right? <laughs> what's the what's the goal? So, so I think it'd be cool because again, I like that the Mountains of Madness story, right? And uh, the one thing I read about that one too was, uh, you know, as you slowly climb the mountain, the obstacles get harder and harder, and you know, as you yeah. start to lose some of those obstacles or objectives, then your team slowly starts to go more and more insane, which is I don't know, right. yeah. kind of fun. It right? looks yeah, it looks like it could be good. Yeah. Josh, when you get cool. for the next one? Um, so uh, I saw this game that sounded interesting uh, by Arcane Wonders, and they'll have it for sale at Gen Con called Viral. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you're a virus that has in- infected a human body, and you're trying to spread 
um, inside the body to vital organs and things. And the immune system of the body is trying to attack you and also other viruses are trying to snuff you out. Um, it's two to five players. And so, yeah, as you can gain control of certain zones, certain, uh, you know, vital organs and things, and you gain, um, uh, viral points and that's the, you know, the victory points at the end. So, um, sounded interesting, kind of a new take on, you know, area control. Uh, it's a deck builder and hand management type game as well. So, um, sounded interesting, kind of up my alley. Very cool. Um, I'm I'm gonna dive right in. I'm coining this the summer of John Gilmore. Yes, <laughs> um, he's got three relatively popular, a um, lot of lot of buzz coming into Gen Con titles that he's been a, a, a either the lead design on or or a co designer. Um, the first of which, Dinosaur Island from Pandasaurus Games. You're basically rolling dice, collecting sets to construct dinosaur DNA um, and bring back raptors and it so. is jurassic park the game yeah yeah <laughs> uh but it's got oh, it's a little cool happier 90s theme. pop art yeah. and what's really cool that i learned is uh quan chai maria um the artist that does this 90s pop art i'm glad you said that. did uh did the art for frontline no comrades from anvil Eight games that we've talked a lot yeah. about uh in in prior episodes so it was cool to make that connection and, and see an artist that i was familiar with who's um, you know, does does a lot of board game art. So, Dinosaur Island, uh, Pandasaurus Games, um, and then Wasteland Express. Uh, Wasteland Express delivery system, I think, is yep. the the yep. full title. Yep. Um, also, John Gilmore, pick up and deliver in the post apocalypse. So you're doing these truck routes and trying to get across the uh, the desert okay. wastes. Um, action point allowance, dice rolling, a modular board that changes and expands as you play. So that uh, should be pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of got a Mad Max theme to yeah, it. Yeah, it's just totally cool. post-apocalyptic. Yeah. And I can't remember the artist there, too. Super cool art. Um, again, I think it's a guy who's done some graphic novels and stuff like that. So a very unique style, and it looks pretty cool. And I'm hoping... We're talking about Gen Con, but I should. I pre-ordered Wasteland Express. I should. They're saying I should get it before Gen Con. It'll cool. Be, so it might come to me with Gen Con, to Gen Con, but I might get it before, so I don't have to worry about trying to stand in line for it. Well, and the one thing they also mentioned was there's a narrative storyline element to it as well, uh, with comic book illustrations and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So uh, definitely cool to add that type of flavor to the game. So. Yeah, and um, and then John Gilmore, forever known for Dead of Winter, uh, the Warring Colonies expansion from Plaid Hat will be there. What's kind of cool is it's four to eleven players, um, but you do need to have Dead of Winter, the base game, and the Longest Night, Dead of Winter, to play Warring Colonies. You need both. You I didn't. I haven't looked. Okay, because because your Warring Colonies are oh, you, fact, need the the Dead of Winter, you need the two different. You need the two different the longest night so so don't go looking to pick that up and think it's standalone you must in fact have the other dead of winter games <laughs> the other two standalone to, games yeah. to enjoy uh warring colonies yep so I, and it's something to really uh, john gilmore is awesome i think something to think about like um so dinosaur island will only be a demo there it's not out yet if you really want to play it though it is available on like is it tabletopia or yeah. one of the online ones is on there if you really want to play it um, Wasteland Express, I believe, should be there in some form. Probably limited copies, but I believe they'll have them. Um, but that's Pandasaurus Games, I'm pretty sure. And then Dead of Winter is Plaid Hat, as you said. So, 
Yes, uh, Wasteland Express will be available for purchase at Gen Con. Yeah, and that's the thing. Some of these will be demo only. Some will be purchase. um, And some will be very limited stock. So, you know, in in past years, I've gotten pretty worked up about not being able to to pick up uh, games. But... um, this year, I just kind of want to check out some stuff. And we got five copies, guys. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're handing out gold coins. Yep. If you have a gold coin, you can buy the game when we open our booth. <clears throat> Don't do it. Yeah. Um, Josh, what else? What else you got for us? Anything that looks interesting, fun, crazy, exciting, cool? Neat? Well, so uh, there, there is a game that we've talked about on the show. Um, uh so it's part of the the trilogy uh the walk the plank um <laughs> hold your breath and uh get bit series uh so uh they did get bit in a deluxe tin which has you know a bunch of extra goodies and stuff um so they re-released walk the plank in a deluxe tin so i might have to check this out since i, I already own the game but i think mm. I, I might it's, have to get it's the, gonna have screen printed meeples right Whoa. i think that's totally worth it yeah. so pirates i i likely will pick that up i don't i don't think it's gonna be that expensive so um yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to check yeah, that out. Yeah, that's Mayday. Mayday, Mayday games, games yeah. right? Yep. Definitely a fun game, so check it out. <laughs> Troy, any, anything else? Uh, um, I have a, like a little bit of a laundry list of like expansions. There's a lot of expansions for kind of cool games all coming out. So it's really quick. So Splendor, there's an expansion coming out. Splendor's a game that we gets a lot of time because as a quick thing. So Cities of Splendor should be out, and I believe it'll be out for purchase there. Um, Ashes again, Plaid Hat Games. Oh, such the, a good game. The game. So they have two kind of bigger expansions that are coming out. Again, the art looks really good. That's something I might want to. I, I don't even own Ashes. Ty does, but this might get me to actually buy Ashes if some of these expansions <laughs> look good. Um, an expansion for Sheriff of Nottingham, which is the the bidding game, um, which is a fun game there. So I think we have to look bluffing, and see if yeah, yeah bluffing. Yeah. Mar- see if this, the Merry Men, right? Yeah, Merry Men is that, and it, see if it's worth it. Yeah. If it's what it adds to the game, because the game itself is already pretty it, good. It I don't takes know. Takes it out to six players, which I mm. think is really cool. Um, because that becomes a game that's if you have a bigger yeah. group, uh, yeah. you can then bring it out um, and adds five yeah. different ways to play, five modules that you can add in and use as you see so, fit to expand your uh, Sheriff of Nottingham experience. Yeah, so cool. That sounds pretty cool. And that's and Arcane the, Wonders. Thank you. And then um, a whole bunch of code names, which was kind of the hit of Gen Con last year, was the code names. You're seeing a bunch of different flavors of code names. Um, there's a. Uh, a duet version, which I believe is a, like a one-on-one version there. And then there's, I think USopoly has, are doing a code names, Disney and a code name, Marvel um, branding of the original code name. So I just want, those could be kind of fun to see what they look like. I don't know if they'll be for sale at Gen Con, but they'll definitely be displayed and demoed. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm going to zip through a couple real quick uh, that were, either related to prior Kickstarters or, or should be pretty successful. Um, so Cephalofair Games is is demoing founders of Gloomhaven. Uh, Gloomhaven was a kind of campaign-based um, game that was a huge success on Kickstarter. It's moved very high up on the Board Game Geek rankings, and this is set in the world of Gloomhaven before Gloomhaven really takes place. Um, and it's a tile placement 
uh, city building game. So you're building the city of Gloomhaven. What's unique is you represent a different fantasy race that brings limited amount of resources to the table. So there's an auction trade mechanic that forces you to interact with other players in order to get what you need to contribute to building the city. So it's cooperative in that you can't build the city on your own, but it's definitely one of those strategy um, adversarial games. So Isaac Childress did that one um, as well. Uh, Cryptozoic had done a Kickstarter for Walking Dead No Sanctuary um, based on the Walking Dead TV show. So I think some of the art will be that, but it's really interesting with that game. There will be a leader in different turns, and as you make decisions, you'll have like a stress level or anxiety that builds. So you might not always make the best decision for the group. You might need to make a decision for yourself so you're your level of stress doesn't get too high and um, it impacts how you play. So it was, it was cool to see that focus on player choice, you know, in a mechanic. Um, and then This War of Mine should be available mm. for purchase cool. in advance of their big retail release, I think, that's still scheduled for sometime early fall, late late summer. Um, but they will... I don't exactly know what booth they'll be at it's uh it's like galacta or something was what was listed on board game geek um because i know it's awaken realms Mm -hmm. and they're uh they're a european um, company so i don't know video game company so yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but allegedly this war of mine will be available and we we talked about that i think episode four did kind of a, a solid review um so i'm very excited to see that that title um and then Really, uh, we have covered a lot of the the really important stuff. I don't know, Troy. Did you have any other ones you wanted to touch on? Um, should we do some of the weird ones? Yeah, let's do weird ones. All right. So the weird ones that I found, <laughs> uh, there's this one called Con Five Twenty One. I don't know if I recommend it, but it because it's basically going to be Gen Con the board game. So <laughs> all the trouble you had with hotels, all the trouble you have getting oh. games, you're running when you run out of money on Saturday <laughs> midday, all of that in your in a game that you can play with your friends to figure out who's the best at navigating a con. So uh, while you're playing you, at a con, while you're playing at a con, so yeah. yeah, you could have the surreal experience of doing a con con. So I think that's that's a, a Kickstarter that they're demoing and the thing. But I saw that and it seemed like. All right, all right. I I kind of get why you'd want to do that as a game, but maybe not. Maybe you should just go to the con, and then you can LARP it. You could LARP it basically, Ooh, right, by yeah. going to an actual con. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of on the uh, off the beaten path of of games. Um, I want to check out Victory Point Games. I, I saw the designer Chris Cluey. Um, he's a former NFL punter, played for the Minnesota Vikings for a long time. What's cool is he's always been real involved in kind of geek and board mm-hmm. gaming culture. He's been on tabletop. He played a lot of World of Warcraft. Um, I think his Twitter is like at Chris Warcraft or something. Uh, just pretty cool. But he has his first design credit for Twilight of the Gods. Um, where in essence you're advancing, you know, some of these elder deities and vying for control. So looks interesting. I, I definitely want to see if you know, I can get a demo <laughs> in um, of it just to see what what it's like. I don't know how much of it's name recognition versus quality of yep. game, but it, it's yep. definitely worth trying to find in in the hall and, and take a look. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty comprehensive list, Troy. Anything? You've got a few racing games listed. Well, yeah, just I, while I'm there, it. what's the cool thing about Gen Con is, right, you can kind of do the comparison shopping. So I'm going to look at uh, 
Rally Man, which is a rally racing game that's out there. Um, Downforce, which is actually, um, I think, is it Renaissance? What's the, uh, it's the Rob Davio. Basically, it's an old game that they basically refresh and reprint. Uh, Downforce is a racing game. And then Pit Crew, which is a Jeff uh, um, Engelstein um, game that's coming. I think it's Stronghold also that's putting that out. And that's actually out now or just been released, but it'll also be a Gen Con. So I may look at those and figure I kind of like racing games, so I might look and see which one of those kind of hits the right spot and, and grab, and I might grab. So Very cool. Jeff Engelstein, speaking Jeff, of that, before I forget, uh, is partnered with WizKids, which is a little weird to see WizKids mm-hmm. in the, the board game space so much, but they've, um, I feel like it was the, the one of the lead guys from Z-Man that went yep. over there a year or two ago, and he's, he's brought a lot in, and Engelstein's a great designer, mm-hmm. is doing uh, the Expanse, the board game. So once again, a couple episodes ago, we yep. talked about what a cool theme it would be to have a game set in the expanse and <laughs> oh, um, here's here's a board game area control so i'm assuming the belters mars Earth. uh well I, it's actually it's what i heard is it's the engine from like twilight struggle so okay uh, um is so it's like that but not two two players it's like four players but so it's mm-hmm. really kind of that card event based thing happening for control, control of the regions, regions. so it sounds that when i heard it that that cool. made me interested yeah. i mean because i could see how you could make that work with that kind of an engine so yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so so very exciting anything else that we missed i know that was rapid fire games we're looking for um, there's probably about 400 other games if you're <laughs> yeah. really interested. Yeah. Go on BoardGameGeek. Yeah. BoardGameGeek.com, go yeah. to the list. And I just want to give props to BoardGameGeek. Every year they've had this list, but this year they really put some structure around it in terms of you can kind of go through, you could kind of tag things that you think are interesting, and then it filters the list for you. So now when I go to Gen Con, I can take my, pull out my, li- my phone and pull up my list and see what were the things that I really wanted to go check out. So I kind of props to BoardGameGeek. So that site and they have a lot of it's a legacy site so there's a lot of struggles to make that thing usable and i think they've been doing a good job of kind of pick off the the pieces that they can make better and this is mm-hmm. one case where i think they really did a nice job absolutely agree um we would be remiss if we did not talk about our friends at Anvilate games and some of the stuff they're gonna have i intentionally left them off of my um you know mm-hmm. things and games <laughs> i want to check out because there are a few things that are very exciting for them at gen con uh, the first of which is they'll be running, I think, four uh, sessions of a new role-playing game that's in development um, in the first exposure room. So definitely you want to check that out. Um, I haven't done anything in the first exposure room, so I'm not sure how you purchase tickets or sign up for events, but I know they do have scheduled slots. So look on the site, see what you can find. Anvilate Games is is running the um, role-playing game set in the, in the Ethereum world. So... Um, Res X, the faction book that was written by a friend of the show and one of my fellow <laughs> gaming gaming buddies, Paul, uh, will be at Gen Con available for purchase. Um, with that Res X kind of official launch, they've had the minis out for a while and available and doing some of the mm-hmm. events. They have some new miniatures for the the Res X Sirens and the um, Aether Watchers, which look really great excellent resin we've talked about ethereum's quality you know of of miniatures and presentations so the book is chock full of awesome art really great narrative and uh and rules for the faction and then the new miniatures they're also going to be previewing new sculpts for an upcoming uh, i believe a faction called the ramox will and brian will probably 
assault me when they hear how I pronounced it. <laughs> uh, but they will have um, they'll have those on on display. So big booth presence. They'll have frontline no comrades. They'll have Ethereum going. Um, get your demos. Pick up some product. They're they're a great company and definitely recommend checking them out. All right. Let me catch my breath because we are getting very close to the end of our Gen Con prep. So we talked a little bit about that new friend and the person we want to give some tips <laughs> and advice to. What are you guys most excited about if you can just cut your new friend loose and say, I'm going to go do this this thing, and I'm most excited about it for Gen Con? Josh, what about you? Um, <clears throat> yeah, if you're, if you're there with friends, one of my favorite things is pretty much every night we all get together and play at least you know one or two games um usually it ends up being a handful of games every night um just that uh that time we all have together that we may not always get that time outside of gen con or we may not always see each other you know everybody getting together and you know, hotel lobbies or other people's rooms or wherever we end up getting together. Um, the after hours gaming is my favorite. So, and seeing everybody. Yep. And it's kind of funny, like you always have the ebb and flow of the, because people, usually not everybody's there for the whole time, right? Right. You'll be there for whatever, maybe four to five hours, maybe sometimes, but some people drop in and for a while and you'll see people that walk by and they'll come in. So, I, yeah, I think it's that whole social aspect of, kind of the mix of all the people that are there and it's just been cool over the years and years about the as kind of the the group has grown right we have kind of the core group and then you have kind of the people who we who are friends of friends that you get to meet and it kind of keeps growing that group year after year so it's pretty cool yeah absolutely excellent um that network is is definitely cool to see grow and expand and the the meetups and options available troy um this is strange to see, I think, for your you're most excited about. Well, and this is part the, yeah, usually I'm not, I mean, because basically Josh does all the work, but I am really looking forward to um, to the one true dungeon I'm going to do on, uh, I think, Friday we're signed up. But I, just because it's going to be all of us. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it, true dungeon is really, it's really cool. Again, you're in the basement of the, lucas oil field and the the amount of production they do um, and then just being able to do it with this whole group and then yeah. thanks to josh and marlon and mike who do all the hard work of getting all the tokens and the equipment and get us all you know set up that it just all we have to do is show up and put our armor on and go stroll through the dungeon <laughs> uh to that so i'm really looking forward to that i think it'll be kind of fun to really do that so yeah I'm, i mean it's not that i'm not a true dungeon fanatic but i think it is a really fun event that and it's probably the one event that we'll get to do with like 10 of us all together right Mm -hmm. Um, we will do a lot of other events i think where we do have a bunch of us in some of these events some of the rpgs they'll be kind of fun too but this is kind of hopefully going to be my highlight yeah and and jeff martin and you know the true adventure staff like they do such a great job of setting this all up and you know it's in the rothfuss world this oh, year right. so that, yep. yeah that, the uh uh name of the wind um mm. it, which is it, i think that's gonna be really fun um so yeah no i'm i'm totally excited it's, especially the the events that we do that are totally like us it's mm. all 10 of us right Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, I'm going to brush off my spell book. I've had my minions out <laughs> collecting uh, artifacts so that the 
the great and powerful wizard Typhurius can stride into the dungeon and make stuff die. And we're doing Nightmare this year. We're stepping it up. Um, I'm going to be drunk. That's totally fine. As long as you so cast, cast, your, just cast spells. your spells at yep. the right time. Yeah. 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 Just don't don't slur the verbal part. <laughs> oh, I'll still have the planes memorized and the elements. I got this. Tyson, what are you most excited about? Oh, man. Um, I know I've disparaged Gen Con a lot over the last uh, <laughs> Gen Con 50 the cello. Uh, <laughs> and I often am, am very... Uh, not necessarily negative, just pessimistic about about the experience. But Gen Con is one of those things where there's nothing else like it. Um, there really isn't any anything cl- that a- approaches the the size and um, the spectacle spectacle <laughs> of Gen Con. And it is it is a, a time of year where you know all of our gaming friends or the most the majority of our gaming friends get together. So you guys kind of touched on you know that social element. Um, for me, it's really it's cool to see the community in Indianapolis embrace gamers, and that you know, not to keep beating the drum of building community, but um, the connections and the the town, how it just embraces Gen Con, and this one's going to be epic mm-hmm. on a scale that we I don't think have ever mm-hmm. seen for a convention. Um, so as as many challenges that there there may be with that, and as much as it's been a struggle for the hotels mm-hmm. and the events and everything, it's that payoff of it's here, it's weeks away, um, and that drive the indie is always super fun. You know the road trip, and <laughs> you get there and just taking it all in. Right. I'm I'm excited to see what Gen Con 50 is is truly going to be like. Awesome. Um, all right, so we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back with a special message from Raxon Pharmaceuticals. In a time of increasing crisis, Raxon Pharmaceuticals is the steady hand ensuring the health and flourishing of civilization. Raxxon Pharmaceuticals has partnered with nations around the world to provide resources needed to confront recent threats. With the support of local volunteer teams, Raxxon ensures security and safety for all. Not really sure what happened to our recording there, but um, hopefully everyone got that message. It's very important when dealing with an outbreak of any kind, you appropriately handle the evacuation procedures. So... Um, with that being said, we can get right into our play it or slay it, uh, where we're going to talk about a card game, a cooperative card game from Plat Hack Games called Raxon. Um, what's really cool right off the bat about Raxon, I can't, I'm tipping my hand. It's really, <laughs> it's really interesting. Yep. Uh, they did the initial release all through social media and a website. There was no send it out to retailers. They didn't drop it at a con. They started this hashtag Raxon with these messages about evacuate, you know, Raxon Pharmaceuticals needs your help and these different messages that as you went to myraxon.com uh, and saw the message and saw what, you know, what it was all about, they portrayed it as if this pharmaceutical company is recruiting contacts and cities to help them. Um, and the game sort of pr- proliferated, spread like a, like a disease or a virus. <laughs> like a virus. Yeah. 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 And, and when you go and you, you had to find somebody. So they farmed out invites to a group of people. Um, and, and then you have to find somebody with a copy to get recruited to their team. 
uh, which was very interesting. So I went on Twitter and I just sent out a general hashtag Raxon, you know, help who can help me <laughs> find a way to stop this outbreak. And, and um, a guy reached out to me, uh, Patrick from Texas. He's he's on Twitter as uh, at Lefty Writer TX, and he has a blog that um, he does. Uh, a number of topics, but most recently did one about plaid hat and surviving in the dead of winter world. So, uh, kind of a cool write up and, um, at P Newman, tx.blogspot.com. So thanks Patrick for, uh, for finding that. Um, and, uh, sending me, sending me, you know, a random stranger through Twitter, uh, an invite and it's been nice to pay it forward and, and get a message yeah. from, you know, on, on our Facebook page, uh, from a guy in Indiana to send it on to and sent it to, to Troy. So I've got one left. I know Troy's got a couple left. So if, if you hit us up, uh, you know, at Gen Con, maybe we'll have a couple of uh, recruitments left. We don't know. Um, or in advance. Nice. But a very interesting marketing uh, of a new game. Okay. And you go on the website, you buy the game. It was thirty nine ninety nine free shipping. They sent it overnight to me. I, I ordered it. It shipped the next day, and I had it. Um, that's the following crazy. Day. Yeah, I, th- I had it within like three days. Yeah, yeah, of when when I when I jumped on and ordered it. Yeah, and I had a similar. I had seen. I think it was Gilmore who I follow on Twitter. Just had a picture of the Raxon box. And what's cool is when you get it, that's all it is. It's just a plain cardboard box. It says Raxon on it. Um, so I'd seen that, and then I so I didn't. I'm like I don't know. And then I'd seen what Ty all of a sudden Ty kind of got after it, and I'm like, oh, hold it, this looks really really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But ultimately, a little bit about the game. So price point $39.99, free shipping right now through Plaid Hat. I'm, I'm sure eventually it'll hit a retail release, and that was kind of their, their launch. Um, it's designed by the producer from Dead of Winter, J. Arthur Ellis. He was the producer on that game. Uh, he's, he was the designer on Raxon. Um, and the art was done by Fernanda Suarez, who did all of the art for Ashes, which is fantastic, yeah. and a lot yeah. of the Dead of Winter character art and, and different things. So it's it's firmly set in the Dead of Winter world prior to the outbreak that takes place mm-hmm. in Dead of Winter, and you are working to quarantine um, healthy people in your city by manipulating cards and on a board and playing using different actions. So it's a it's kind of an action point allowance. Um, card game and manipulating the board state but each action you take has a consequence, consequence. That, that's the cool wrinkle so you, yeah you have to really limit what you do to not totally screw yourself later um by the consequences and yeah but then that's the balance because you have to make sure you're taking out enough of the basically you're laying out a grid of cards and as you go through your actions you're basically weeding out the um uninfected from the infected by doing different actions and you're kind of moving them out of the grid and either going to quarantine or you're going in or they're getting evacuated. Um, and then for every when basically you play until you're like, oh, these consequences are too painful. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to stop. Basically, I'm, I'm going to pass. Um, and at the end of the turn, basically, how many people you didn't are still on that grid infected in that grid kind of feeds on itself. And then when you kind of re- re- reset the grid and go again, but. Um, the more people you leave in there, the higher, basically you're, you're burning down one of your lose conditions because yeah, you have an <laughs> but, infection deck yeah. that you're adding cards for every person yeah. you can't save every infected you leave out up to a max of four, four. you're adding back in yeah. and your people are, your infected are moving from quarantine back in to the, the city yeah. population deck. 
Um, so as you're saving people, the game's getting harder, harder. because you're getting more infected yeah. out. And, the and there's only and your finite set of people you're trying to save gets less and less. So in the mix, there's only the you know, at the end, yeah. there's we, we had it down. I, I have not won yet. <laughs> we had it down. We had four people four left in the mix, we, but we couldn't get through the whole enough to get to find them to get them yeah, all. Yeah. We we won with an asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> we we were playing one one thing minorly wrong. The so. last turn, we needed to save one person, and we weren't recycling people back in um, when it would tell you to like add a person hmm. and the draw deck was empty we hadn't been cycling yeah. back in so we would have drawn oh. through the infected oh, deck the- that turn mm-hmm. um but the mechanics were pretty simple read through the yeah. rule book understood the actions played it with three players on the easy mode we That's played the, we the intro <laughs> yeah. it's still pretty hard yeah because yeah. yeah. you can manipulate the decks as as you go which i thought was pretty cool too that there's some different levels you can play it on and the different characters, each of the, I don't know how much, I can't remember what there's a six or so different five people, or five or six characters. people you can, I guess I could look, um, that you can get, but they each, they kind of each have some basic actions the same, but a lot of their actions are all kind of special and whatever. And so it's really trying to, of the people you have, how do you kind of maximize the, um, the efficiencies of the different powers or different actions that the, your, each of your characters that you may have taken. So again, there's a lot of replayability here by just the different combinations of characters that, that you have. And I don't know, I haven't found like, are any more or less better than others. I don't know. I think it's a combination of, you know, a certain combination of characters might be the way that, depending on what style you want to go to. So, yeah. What, what Josh and I thought was pretty cool no. too. We each chose a character that, we recognized from the dead of winter yeah. world. A couple of the characters are available characters in dead of winter. So I think you were Thomas Hart, the military guy. Yep. Yep. And I was Gabriel Diaz, the uh, firefighter um, that we often would joke, you know, in the dead of winter game, what, what their personalities like. So it was kind of cool to see them before the outbreak. And then uh, I remember revealing one of the healthy guys that we saved was Mike Cho. Mike Cho, yeah. yeah. And we're like, where's yeah. Mike Cho? Yeah. Mike Cho would save himself. Yeah. Um, so some Dead of Winter tie-ins, and you see some of the art. and some. There's just a lot of similarity, which is is pretty cool approach to a, a yeah. totally different game. Yeah. I mean, and everything. So that's all super cool. And then there's this, the other layer of these racks on cards. Yeah. So different actions and... and um, what's the uh, abilities ab- abilities and yeah. the consequences, consequences trigger a racks and card and these are a kind of a similar to like a crossroad card you'd see from dead of winter where they're gonna what's cool is right is they add a narrative aspect to the story or to the game a little bit right there a lot of times well raxon's trying to help you try yeah they're raxon is your there. friend yes they are i know they yeah. are mm-hmm. that's why you want to you want to do those Raxon cards and go there. But sometimes there'll, there'll be a trigger. So some, sometimes they won't go off. So sometimes the, Siren, the situation on the card won't be there and you'll just put it aside. Um, other times it'll give you a choice. And again, that's always fun, right? If you're giving the players two bad choices to choose from uh, <laughs> to get there. So that's what's really, that's cool too. And to get there. And um, so like we said, the the way to win is to basically find all your healthy people through the through the deck and get them evacuated a um, couple ways to lose is there's an infected deck of these are the different infected people that are kind of being added. If you ever run that to zero, you lose. Um, and then there's a, a Raxon. I think it's an S Raxon power, power level. level that again, different effects and consequences will increase that level. If it gets to eight Raxon comes in and cleans up the situation 
however you want to think of that. <laughs> but yeah. for some reason, that's a loss condition and not a win condition. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> well, you don't see any racks and representatives in uh, the colonies in dead of winter. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the, uh, the components themselves for a $40 game, which um, I didn't feel like I was overcharged. The cards are good card stock. The board is good. Little tokens. Um, everything kind of makes sense, you know, the, yeah, and the amount of the art economy that's in this. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think there's, there's pretty good value there. I also like that it kind of plays off the dead of winter world, you know, so it's a familiar, it's, if yeah. you play dead of winter, yeah. you know, it's, it's familiar and it kind of is the, you know, quote unquote prequel to, to all that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as a, a good, a good point there with the components they included in mm-hmm. the, the early boxes, I don't know if they'll continue to for, you know, once it hits retail or everything, but um, right now two playable characters in Raxon, they provide the standees, the crossroad cards and the character cards for dead of winter. Okay. So you can cycle in the, the, like the researcher and the, the reporter, it's reporter I, think, I think, yeah. Um, from racks and into dead of winter. Oh, so we know so. they make it, they make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so overall, um, I think plaid hat really did a great job kind of, um, getting, getting dead of winter, staying in that world. But again, that gives you a totally different racing against a different kind of clock, um, managing multiple decks, uh, through, through action allowance and, and card play ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any other things to note about Raxon before we, uh, we take it to the jury? Um, I would just say also what's really cool is the stuff they're doing on the my Raxon site. So they're, really encouraging you to report the games that you have. And then they're actually kind of updating the site about where the infections are taking place. And if you want to do a write-up, you can do a write-up and submit that. And they may post that up on the website. So there's a bunch of stories they're having. So again, besides the game, what's really cool is there's this really narrative aspect that they're, they're really starting to build. And so it's interesting to just watch how this is going to unfold, I think over the next few months um, to see how, you know, how far they can keep it going and, um, and it's, yeah, how is the game going to keep just releasing virally or will they go to retail yeah, or will, yeah. and how will they keep doing the story? So, uh, it's really kind of cool how there's the meta game kind of outside the individual game, which is a really good game, but just that extra stuff really kind of puts it over the top. Yeah. It, it, it's gone into that realm of almost an augmented reality, mm-hmm. uh, game that's pretty popular right now. The experience mm-hmm. outside of the, the game. So, um, Josh, you played it once. Will you be playing it or slaying it this time? So, uh, I the game itself is really great. I enjoy the game. I think that was awesome. Um, I you know I would buy just the game if it was just that. Um, the way they use social media to market this game, kind of a grassroots effort. Like you know, people are learning about it through Twitter and Facebook and all you know, and and all the stuff they're doing on MyRaxon.com like puts it way over the top for me. I think that's so cool. Like j- just the uh, I don't know the the thematic how it kind of spread right um, mm-hmm. like a virus. Like I don't know that that kind of stuck with me. I thought that was really neat. So uh, yeah, definitely play it from from my my standpoint here. All right, that's one play it. Troy, play it or slay it. Um, so besides, I mean, I love Dead of Winter. So that's again, was the first, even just knowing also realizing that this was taking place in the Dead of Winter setting gave it a 
big check mark to start before I even knew anything was about it. Um, like we talked about, the gameplay is amazing, the other stuff there. So I'm definitely a play it to slay zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play Rax in the setup, the slaying of zombies yep. in the dead of winter? Nice. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, from, from the moment I tweeted out about Raxon and, and saw this game, I was playing it. Um, I, I was really glad I had the opportunity to get in when I did. I'm, I'm sure eventually, like, I would have, because Seeker Cabal has set up this, this Google <laughs> Sheet document of invites to try to spread to, um, to other people, which is kind of cool yeah. to see some, some of that community, but definitely going to play it. Um, good price point, quality game. Um, We'll definitely play it again. I'm, I'm glad it's on the shelf. Um, as we head into Gen Con, obviously Gen Con 50 coming up. We've talked about it at length. There are some other uh, tournaments and events where you might be able to catch up with the Basement of Death and the, the playing, uh, playing and Slaying guys. Um, first week in October, a couple of us um, will be uh, 99% sure going to the michigan gt in lansing michigan a, a big um 40k and age of sigmar uh tournament weekend um there's a two-day gt for each 40k and age of sigmar that tickets are still available put on by a, a pretty good group of guys out there and a lot of involvement from that detroit wargamers club um so that's coming up shortly thereafter the first weekend in november game hole con november 2nd through the 5th in madison um by the time we uh, we are at Gen Con, event registration will have passed, nice. but that's that's coming up here quickly. Um, I think we'll be there in our usual uh, usual yeah. turnout. Maybe maybe the true beard will will not be, but we have a, a baby due right around that same time, so we'll we'll see if we can uh, hold off there. Just make a stealth check and sneak, sneak out. Sneak out, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, myself, I'm pretty excited. It's lining up. I'm going to be headed out to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia, November 17th uh, through the 19th with um, Yin's guys from Anvil 8. So I, I think uh, I'll be on the, the volunteer role. Is that like a payroll when you don't get to <laughs> Yeah, pay? right, we don't get uh, paid. Yeah, But uh, I'm going to... I'm going to try it. It looks like the stars will align and I'll drive down the Chicago Wednesday night and out to Philly with Brian uh, for a road trip. So that'll be cool. cool. Packs unplugged. So be pretty cool. So, yeah, I think it, it's their first, is this the first unplugged one? Uh, or second? second, I believe they yeah, started Early this on. in the last year. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know I, maybe there's an option. We may hit Pax South down in San Antonio around the October. Uh, oh, cool. October, if depends if Ben, if we, again, if we can get the stars to align right. But awesome. we've been saying is that that may be in the cards. Excellent. So, so that's where we'll be at. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the show. Please, please do us a favor uh, and leave a review on iTunes. Um, you know, that's, that's the best way that we can definitely reach other listeners is, is let them know if you like what you hear, leave us some comments, uh, Twitter, um, at Playin' Slayin' Show, uh, Facebook, at Playin' and Slayin'. You can find us uh, on all sorts of social media through the basementofdeath.com website. Um, and I think in the show notes we'll have the we, info email. Yeah, all the info email. Troy, Josh, Ty at Basement of Death gets to us too. Info at Basement of Death. Yeah, we have we have many ways <laughs> to reach reach the uh, the cast and crew yeah. at the Basement of Death. So thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, keep the dice rolling. 
the drinks on ice and no matter what keep playing and slaying They save the cheerleader, save the world. No, but I'll chase you like a zombie. <laughs> a really pervy, like, gym coach zombie. This makes it even creepier when you're whispering it. <laughs>